Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Some of my friends have been asking me, so how are you surviving the sheltering at home when you love having people in your home and you're not supposed to? I mean, I have snuck a few in, don't tell, but in the main, I am not having company like I normally have company, that is for sure. It's helped me that two of my three daughters um, are sheltering at home with us. Um for the time being, and they are working, so they're not under my skin or vice versa too terribly much. And that has been a huge blessing. So as an extrovert, um, it hasn't been terrible, though I have found myself um, wondering, uh, when is this going to change? And when is it going to be healthy? Or are we being deceived? Or all sorts of thoughts are going through my mind. And also the fact that we just had Mother's Day made me think of my mother and the legacy that I received from her. One of the main legacies you might imagine is hospitality or was hospitality. I interviewed her for um, my book and for my workshop and I was surprised to find out that she was not raised in a hospitable home even though her father was a pastor. It was during the depression and they didn't always have enough food for their own table much less uh, someone who needed to come and be invited to their table. When I finally wrote my book, uh, the dedication page read like this, for my mother, Betty Elizabeth Moore, who invites the world to her door, opens it wide and expects everyone to end up in the kitchen. And you know, the kitchen has um, such great memories about it. Hopefully your kitchen uh, does as well. Uh, the whole idea of people gathering. We didn't have a kitchen island, though I remember my mom picked up a drop leaf table that she could fit in the actual kitchen. And her friends would sit there and have tea in the afternoon and cry and pray over their kids. And uh, But even before then, everybody would gather in the kitchen. I loved it that um, she had uh, company every Sunday, she and my dad, because uh, we learned how to feel relaxed with having strangers in our home. I also liked it that she invited her friends because when I was little, I, would, I wouldn't have to do very many chores because her friends would always say, well, what do you want me to do, Betty? And they would be at the kitchen sink and uh, peeling the potatoes and getting things ready. I would just have to set the table and we would just say, which china do you want to use? My mother is famous, was famous for saying, china is meant to be used, uh, not just you know, shut away in the cupboard and never used. Um, in the last year or so, we've moved my china around. I'm trying to think who helped me. I think it was Janelle Griswold uh, came over and helped me redo all the stuff in my kitchen and the pantries. And And one of the blessings was is that we moved my uh, china, which I got, well, actually before I was married because I thought I was going to marry somebody else, which would be a whole nother podcast. I'm not sure I'll ever give. But anyway, we moved that china to uh, an accessible place. So that when I feel like using my good china, I use my good china and it's just much easier. So if that's something that's keeping you from using your stuff, put it where you can find it and use it. Otherwise, it's just going to be passed on to your children and my children probably won't even want my china. 
uh, depending on your uh, background or your upbringing, you either get real excited or you become uh, flummoxed or, or faint-hearted or panicky when someone mentions that company is coming. If the subject comes up, suddenly that appointment for a root canal sounds mildly appealing in contrast. What can make one person delight in hospitality and another run the other way, literally, like out the back door? My friend Cecily loves having people over to her home, and I tell this story in an article that just came out in the Oh Wondrous Grace magazine. Maybe you've seen that. I've been advertising as a brand new magazine. It's print. It's beautiful. The editor, Claire Kerrigan, has such a great heart for women, um, I would say ages 45 and above. It's kind of cool to have something that's for us that's not called senior living <clears throat> or AARP or whatever. But anyway, I wrote an article about hospitality in the first issue, which you can still get. I think it's $12. Totally worth it. But anyway, I talk about Cecily there, and I just sent her a copy of this magazine for her birthday, so she'll know she's famous. But Cecily loves having people over to her home. In fact, she's been frustrated lately, I think, but she's been having porch parties. So I'm going to go to her porch in a week or so for our birthdays and stay... Um, you know, conveniently, maybe it's not so convenient, healthily apart, isolated apart, but still uh, be able to uh, eat together and uh, fellowship. But she loves having people over. In fact, she does go into a funk if she hasn't served food to someone other than her family for two weeks in a row. One birthday celebration, speaking of birthdays, she invited me for lunch and 50 of my closest friends. It was a surprise party the night before I'd received these darling pajamas from our friend Grace Avilas. And so I thought, well, these pajamas are as pretty as clothes. So I put them on to go over to Cecily's house for lunch. My parents were visiting for my birthday and um, it was my 50th. And of course, there were 50 people there with me in my pajamas, but no one seemed to mind. Um, it gives Cecily great joy to have people at her table. She does not panic. She loves it. The more, the better. The more often, the better. And every time our family comes to her house for dinner, her husband quietly thanks us because it's kept his wife from going into the depths of despair. Now, Cecily loves hospitality in part because she was raised that way. Her mama, Marion, we like to call her mama, Marion, was a great example to her. And she passed on that open home heritage in abundance. But here's the deal. Not everyone was raised by a Mama Marion, and that can make all the difference. Uh, family of origin makes a big difference in how we approach the world. And uh, Cecily loves hospitality in part because she was raised that way. Her Mama Marion was a great example to her, and she passed on that open home heritage in abundance. But not everyone is raised by a Mama Marion. And that can make all the difference. But upbringing is only one consideration. What else can keep us from opening our door? I found that there are many other reasons why we aren't hospitable when we're not. The very thought of inviting people to your home can raise practical issues. And I'm not talking about the shelter at home right now. I'm just talking in general. Questions like, well, wh whom should I invite? Or how will I fit everyone around my table? I mean, I've had people say, well, you can only invite this many people because I only have this many chairs. And I thought, well, I don't think God is limited by the number of chairs we have. But anyway, how will I fit this into my already packed schedule? I hear that a lot, especially when they're moms of young children. But let me tell you, I was asked uh, this question. I spoke at a MOPS uh, 
um, I think this was in November down in Southern California, and this woman raised her hand. She goes, I have four kids. Uh, are you telling me that I should wait? Should I do hospitality now or wait till they're grown? And I almost like fell over the podium trying to, I was so anxious to answer her question. I said, oh, no, you do it now. I said, I don't, I don't know how I would have survived being a mom if I hadn't um, had people over, other moms with their kids. And sure, the house um, is messier after your friend's kids leave, but it's so worth it. We need that uh, community time together. So don't wait. You might be thinking, well, what will I serve? Uh, what if they don't like the food? I'm, I'm not really a cook. Um, how will I pay for it? I mean, some people say, oh, well, I just order out. I go, well, not everybody can do that. I'm on a tight enough budget as it is. Uh, what if they don't really want to be invited? I'm, I have invited people and I can tell they just don't want to come. So I have to really pray about it and say, well, Lord, if if you want them to come, you need to change their mind because I've asked them three times and I think I'm going to stop asking. Um, should I get new carpet or wood flooring or a new couch before I invite? These are some valid questions. Some are more valid than others. I asked a group of ladies why they don't have people over when they don't and here are some of their answers. Maybe you can relate to one of them. Number one, hospitality wasn't modeled for me in my upbringing, so I don't have any experience. Your mom didn't do it, so you don't really know where to begin. We sort of mentioned that. Two, I'm afraid I won't do it right. I don't want to appear ignorant or foolish. Well, no one wants to appear ignorant or foolish. I mean, that's, that's why we practice, I guess. We practice on people that we feel comfortable with. I remember when I started podcasting, I thought, well, I don't want to appear foolish, and this is not a perfect podcast, but... I wanted to practice on people who wouldn't mind if I had to do it over. So I started with Dominica and with Lisa Lewis, and they were so gracious and helpful. Um, no one likes to feel awkward as if they don't know what they're doing, even if the guest doesn't seem to care or even notice. Three, what if my things, my food, my furniture, my dishes are not good enough for company? Well, you know, um, what does good enough really mean? Uh, who, who makes the standard? Uh, we could call it the Martha Stewart syndrome. Americans have been handed a standard of finesse that is fine for entertaining, but has nothing to do with hospitality. And we'll talk about that another time. Another excuse or reason why we don't do it is my expectations can be too high. My sister Lori said that sometimes her own expectations on herself have kept her from making the effort. And this is a woman who really does a lot of hospitality. For example, she might have wanted to prepare appetizers to serve on the deck before dinner, as well as make her favorite homemade lemon meringue pie. But since she couldn't do it all on a particular day, she had four small children when she was telling me this story, she wouldn't want to do it at all. I understand that, well, I can't do it that way. And I know I can. And since I can't, do it that well. I'm just not going to do it at all. And maybe God is saying, hey, get over yourself, Sue. Don't be so proud. Five, I think it's just too much work and I'm too tired. Oh my goodness. When I started working part-time, I thought, well, no wonder people don't want to have company. They're too tired when they get home from work. Um, our homes might be in the I can't have anyone over syndrome. It's too much work to prepare. It's too much work to clean up. I like to prepare. I do not like to clean up. 
Six, I'm too shy. What would we talk about? Do we have enough in common? Couldn't it turn out to be awkward for everyone? It, I've had awkward times at my table. I know I talk a lot and I wrote a great uh, digital product called uh, 202 Conversation Starters and they work beautifully. But even so, there have been awkward times at my table or in my living room. It's embarrassing. Um, but I don't think God says uh, you'll never feel awkward. <laughs> I think there have been times when his disciples felt awkward. Uh, this attitude says it's okay for the extrovert to be hospitable, but it's way out of my comfort zone. Let someone else do it. Another reason we might think we can't do it is you think that your house is too small. This is a very common response. Maybe you don't have enough chairs. Like I mentioned, is the couch too shabby? At one point I thought, oh, I'm going to have to sew all my Afghans together and throw them over my shabby couch or, uh, so I can keep inviting people over. It might be a health hazard. Um, or I could just stop having company. We can always think of an excuse or a reason not to do what God is calling us to do. And God calls us to be hospitable. You really can't get out of it. You can't just say, well, it's not for me or it's not my spiritual gift. It's beyond spiritual gifting. And that's why I talk about it so much. Um, this could also be a waiting for things to get better syndrome. I spoke at a conference up in Atascadero once. And uh, after our, my workshop, I sat next to this young gal at lunch. And she said, oh, I didn't go to your workshop on hospitality because we are going through a remodel. And I, I didn't have the heart to tell her that we were right in the middle of a remodel, that I still felt led to invite people over. And by the way, having a mess in your house because of a remodel that really gives you a great excuse not to clean so actually it was a great thing um and last it's, it's just too inconvenient to have people over maybe your guests are the neighbor kids and you've just mopped the floors or your in-laws called and they want to come see you and you just got over christmas i mean give me a break you think guests may stay too long and interfere with your family's normal routine can you identify with any of these eight reasons? By the way, these are listed in my book, Come to My Table. And so if you um, want to go over any of them, you're welcome to get the book on Amazon. Um, maybe the list made you think of another reason. I'd love to hear it in comments. That keeps your hand off the phone in your house to yourself. I know that any one or a combination of those reasons can make me stop hosting altogether. After all, the couch is a wreck, and after a busy week, I can feel as shabby as the wingback chair that desperately needs to be recovered, but it's so expensive to have that done. Think about it. Do any of the reasons on this list have anything to do with putting the guest and the relationship with that guest first? When you put another person before yourself, you're acting as Jesus acts. He put us before himself when he went to the cross. Now that's some hospitality. Each one of those reasons that I listed has to do with self with a capital S. And when I looked at the list, I placed the letter P by each reason that might have to do with pride and they all got P's. Pride goes hand in hand with fear because pride has to do with depending on yourself instead of on God. I'm going to say that again. Pride goes hand to hand with fear because pride has to do with depending on yourself instead of on God. Pride and fear immobilize us. We fear failure. We fear what others might think. 
we fear appearing inept. So we just don't invite anyone over. And it all has to do with thinking of ourselves instead of extending the welcome of God's heart. The great thing about showing others God's welcome is that we are not alone in our efforts. God does not expect us to do this all by ourselves. He gives us the grace and the strength when we ask him for it. He forgives our pride, thank the Lord. He provides the strength to host in spite of our sometimes valid and sometimes invalid reasons. God said in the Bible, Hebrews 13, 2, be hospitable. He would not tell us that without promising to help. It's not about us, as they say. It's about him and about the people who need to meet him while at your table. If you and I remember that we are not inviting people over to show off our skills or our homes, but rather to serve our guests, we can more readily offer God's welcome with or without a new carpet. For the month of May, I'm offering my uh, No Fear Hospitality course for half off. I made this course last summer. It's a combination of video and digital. It uh, has me speaking with my my, uh, daughter's artwork as the printables. They're really good. And it's very practical. It will walk you through the steps on how to get started and how to continue. You can always email me if you have questions. It's normally $97 and for the month of May, it is 45. So add that to your cart today. After all, um, you can't really have people over right now, but you can study on how to be more hospitable. So as soon as the ban is lifted, you can start with that neighbor that you really can't remember her name, but you'd like to invite her over. Maybe she is living in fear right now because she doesn't know Jesus. And just have her over for a cup of tea and maybe a scone from Trader Joe's. Though my sister's scones are really good and that recipe is on my website, Lori's Orange Scones. Maybe I'll put that in show notes. Anyway, it's been great talking to you about a topic that's close to my heart, but also close to God's heart. Because he is the one who welcomed us first to his table. You have a great day. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.